Welcome to the 15th Club with your hosts Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers. Ed and Scotty will bring you up to date on all the big news in the world of golf every Saturday on News Radio KLBJ. As my buddy Ed says, it is time to tee it high and let it fly. I'm Scotty Sayers. This is the 15th Club live from the broadcasting bunker in the offices at Curran Crenshaw. And Ed is down in Mexico. He'll be back next week when we do our British Open show. This week, though, we have two guest hosts with us, uh, longtime helpers here on the 15th Club, Mark Brooks, the seven-time winner on the PGA Tour, 1996 PGA champion, and the record holder of the most tournaments played Mm -hmm. on the PGA Tour, 803. Mark is with us, and Joe Beck, uh, JoeBeck.com. You can get all your Titleist accessories uh, for tournaments, and uh, Joe's a longtime pro at Austin Golf Club. Uh, the 15th Club is brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance, ABC Bank, Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance, Salt Lake Barbecue, the Muni Conservancy, Zilker Belts, Donald Ross Sportswear, and Edel Golf. Uh, gentlemen, I'm going to start with Mark, and uh, I'm just going to ask you, how much were you outside this week? I know you teach a lot of young players and uh, uh really just kind of incubate their golf as they come along and it, it's somewhat mental and somewhat physical yeah. <laughs> but it, I imagine it's more mental these days I mean, you got to spend some time inside with them right you, you, you do a little bit there's no doubt I mean I basically warn them and their parents to manage and monitor the amount of time they're outside it's been it's pretty rough uh, I will say I've only had two kids pass out this week, but <laughs> well, well, it, no, it's uh, I keep it down their throat. I mean, the water, uh, electrolytes, you know, everything. That, most of them are pretty prepared because, as you well know, this is junior golf season. I mean, yeah. they turn tons of tournaments. I don't know how they do it, uh, but you know, I know that all the organizers are really big on making sure they're hydrated. And there's even a couple tournaments I've, I've been I, I learned from these kids, you know, where they actually let them take carts. Mm-hmm. You wow. know, big old long, you know, hilly golf course. Yeah. They actually will just almost insist. So, in fact, it's mandatory. Uh, but no, it it's hot, and you got to try to get stuff done, you know, before noon. And a lot of people don't know this, but the hottest part of the day is like between five and six p.m. Mm-hmm. You know, six thirty. It's late, and so it's if you think, well, I'll just wait till about five o'clock and go out. Well, that's the worst thing you can do. It's yeah. all, it's worse than so. absolutely, and especially with daylight savings time, oh, that makes brutal. it makes a, a bit of a difference. Joe yes. and I played Friday morning. Uh, we got off at 8.15, and we were off the course by 11.45. What yeah. time did the sweaters come off? The sweaters? Uh, <laughs> not, he did have a vest on uh, early. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> not me. But, uh, you know, some people actually do. It's funny you say that, Mark. Some people wear a white long sleeve shirt, kind of like farmers, because they think it repels the heat. It does. Those sun sleeves, they yeah. work. They work. Really? It's a good point to bring up now that you mentioned the, the long sleeves. The sunscreen, not only does it protect your skin, it will actually make you cooler if you will apply proper sunscreen to all your exposed extremities and face. I promise you, I, I learned this in Palm Springs about 15 years ago. I had to spend about a month there in August. So it was like an average about 115 
and and I I tried it a couple of days. I went out in the mornings mm-hmm. and without the sunscreen, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, it was a joke. I had to quit, you know, basically go in. And it was it, it made there's almost like being in the shade. So get your not only hydrate, but man, get the, that sunscreen on. Okay, so I was gonna do our leaderboard report, but I'm gonna wait until the next segment for that. <laughs> this is this is fun. Another thing about playing golf in the heat, you get a lot of lies in burned out rough areas. I got one the other day, Joe, uh, in an area that was yellow. It was yellow grass that was actually dead. And when you hit the ball through that, you know the ball—it just kind of goes poof. I mean, you got to make solid contact. What's a what's a good piece of advice for those kind of lies? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm I was just happy you were in that lie <laughs> <laughs> because you're just pounding me that day. Uh, it was uh, it was uh, a struggle out there, but usually. Um, it's for me, it's more of playing the ball back in my stance a little bit, uh, trying to play a cut shot out of it. Um, and it's for me, it seems to give me a better chance to hit it more cleanly. You know, I'm sure Mark's been in that situation a time or two, and he's probably got a certain, uh, uh, way to do it as well. So, well, Mark, we've all played golf in Texas, so, so there are burned out areas in the in the summertime and is it like a little bit like a bunker shot or you have to hit it hard are you talking about a short shot or a full shot oh i'm talking about like a 60 yard yeah yeah i mean they're probably not as forgiving you got to get you know go get the ball a little bit more on those in those cases yeah just make solid contact yeah is, go, is yeah the key. That's, what, that's what joe's talking about you know go get the ball i mean make sure yeah. you're you know i guess your attack angles Let's call it steep enough to get to the ball first. Yeah. So we're doing our British Open uh, preview this week as well as looking at the Scottish Open. And the Scottish Open is a a really fun tournament to watch, even though it's a little bit of an Americanized course done by Tom Doak, uh, the Renaissance Club next to Muirfield. Mm -hmm. And uh, Doak did that, what, 20 years ago? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And they've been playing the Scottish there for five years. Leaderboard is terrific because it's an official PGA Tour event. It is. It's not a designated event. No. It's not designated, but it's significant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what's uh, what's been great watching that thing is that it, it really does give a, uh, a feel of what they're about to see next week. Uh, but the, the lies out there are really really inconsistent off of the fairway so usually you've got a little bit of uh, uh, consistency and you can see these guys hitting certain types of shots well this situation uh it's you you have no idea what you're going to get if you miss the fairway so it's been you know it's been fun to kind of watch a lot of these guys uh get through there and try to hit certain shots out of that stuff but man, you're right. I mean, the leaderboard's stacked, and it's going to be a great finish tomorrow. But they're going to have to deal with a little, little, uh, little cold and windy weather. Yeah, Mark says they've moved the tee times up for tomorrow, so a lot of us will be watching on replay if we don't get up early. Actually, you can stay up late tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that early? That early huh? You want to know? Yeah. Uh, the first tee time is at 12:45 p.m. Central Daylight Time here. And Mr. McElroy, Tom Kim, and Tommy Fleetwood tee off at 2.57. So it's basically from 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. here. Mm -hmm. And there's six hours. Okay, there's six hours, you know, I call it ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah. Six hours later. So what would that be? Mm, 
three nine nine a.m. Yeah. So they're going pretty early over there. Seven to nine a.m. Basically is their yeah. tea times, and they're trying to duck also potential a uh, little rain potential. Not that they don't play in the wind and the rain. That's one of the unique parts about Lynx turf. If they're truly on a Lynx golf course, which I guess we're going to call this one, it is Lynx Lynx land. It drains very well, so they won't stop because of rain. I mean, you know, these things. It's got to have a her torrential rains for the water to actually stand. And you've played a lot of golf over there. It's really not so much thunderstorms they have over there. They don't get a lot of lightning. No. So it's a strange thing. I, I would say probably some of the most horrific <laughs> wind and rain com- combination I've had to like, continue to play in was definitely over there. Yeah. yeah. Where it was just you, like, you're just over here, we'd have quit, you know, but you, hours before they, they continue to go. You'd probably, just, probably say this is the worst week for the caddies as well. Right with all the extra gear they have to carry. Yeah, and, yeah. I, the wet. The, I've looked at the temps. I've got a cut. You know, obviously I know a bunch of the guys on the tour, and they've had pretty good weather. They actually, it's actually kind of a nice break. Yeah. I mean, the highs are like sixty two, sixty one. They're wearing sweaters or you know pullovers or something. Uh, yeah. Cold is when it stays kind of mid fifties, low low to mid fifties. That's when it mm-hmm. gets a little bit mu- much. You know, mm-hmm. high forties. I've played some high forties over there. Mm-hmm. And that's brutal. This is different. Sixty degrees is not freezing for these guys. Yeah. Oh, the, the spectators be wearing shorts over there. If it's oh, 60. for sure. But, but oh. you kind of have to be ready for anything, right? Even though you, you see the forecast and you know these little fronts they have through there roll through often, but the, and the caddy has to be ready for it all. He does. But they're they're compensated nicely now. Boy, really, <laughs> really, really well. Okay. All yes, right, let's do are. a quick rundown of the leaderboard. Rory McIlroy is 13 under. He's got a one-shot lead over Tom Kim, who's won a couple of times on the American Tour and several international wins. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood is two back along with Brian Harmon. And then uh, Eric Cole, who's played really well uh, late spring and early summer, is 10 under, three back, along with J.T. Poston, Shane Lowry, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Ben On, and then you got Tom Hoagie and Max Homa, nine under, and Robert McIntyre's eight under. So there's a lot of players in the mix right now. So uh, Tom Kemp, you kind of looked at me funny. He has won a couple of times, hasn't he, Mark? I, I'm sure he has. <laughs> I just saw you skip over Harry Hall there. <laughs> Did I miss him? Okay. <laughs> yeah, not to be confused with Mr. Harry Higgs. Uh, anyway, uh, great, good leaderboard. I, I wouldn't call it beyond belief, but it's obviously good. I mean, Scotty's yeah. kind of lurking there at ten under par. Scotty's proven he can play at anything. Mm-hmm. Scotty yeah. Scheffler, yeah. you know, our our own Scotty Scheffler, will will claim him and uh, continue to do so for quite some time. And uh, still, not a lot of putts going down for him. I think that's yeah. and but there's not a lot going down for Rory either. And and well, he made a he made a. Boat, boatload <laughs> on Thursday, like 135 feet of putts yeah. Thursday. Yeah, and then Friday and and Friday cooled a little bit, and probably, yeah. you know they played in a little bit of rough weather. Finishing, uh, they're actually their third round. It, his stats, I, I saw him. I mean, one of our compatriots pulled him up, uh, you know, famously like like a Mr. Chambly or something, yes. and it just showed clearly it, it, going back quite a few events. His putting stats are really good. Round one. Mm-hmm. Like almost stellar, then they start falling consistently to where yeah. he actually is well below average by the time he gets to the fourth round. Yeah. Who knows why? I mean, it, it's not overthinking. It's not tougher pins. It's trying to win. That's yeah. what it is. Okay, yeah. It's just trying, trying to win. 
All right, we'll talk more about the Scottish Open and then also take a look at the Senior Tour leaderboard, which has a UT component. When we come back on the 15th Club, live from the Kerr Crenshaw Bunker in downtown Austin. This is Jeff Shackelford, and you're listening to the 15th Club on KLBJ with Scotty Sayers and Ed Clements. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Jeff was our guest last week, and he's over he's over at Royal Liverpool slash Hoy Lake. We'll talk a little bit about that later on. Uh, this is the 15th Club. We are live radio. We're not a podcast. Whenever we're at the Deep Eddy Cabaret, people come in and they say, oh, you're doing a podcast. No, this is live radio. Exactly. And uh, Matt Popham has been our engineer uh, for the last couple of years. Matt has done such a wonderful job uh, helping me and Ed with the radio show and our last-minute engineering difficulties. He's done a great job as our producer. Mm-hmm. This is number show number 370. No kidding. For the 15th Club. We're almost done. With it. You, could wow. listen, you could listen to a replay. If you go to klbj.com, you could re- listen to a replay every day for a year <laughs> if you were so inclined to go back to 2016. Anyway, I'm Scotty Sayers. Wow. Ed is in Mexico. He currently um, said he is uh, in the cups. He he just texted us. <laughs> and uh, anyway, he's listening from Mexico. I've got Mark Brooks and Joe Beck alongside. And we're talking about the Scottish Open at the Renaissance Club and what a good leaderboard it is. But also we got to do a shout-out for our friend Harrison Frazier, age 51, playing on the Champions Tour now at the... Uh, Colleague Companies Championship, and they're at, at are they at Firestone in they, Akron? They are. They're on the south course at Good Akron. Gosh. Okay. And uh, Steve Stricker's tied with Harris, and I'd I'd hate to have to win my first Champions Tour event with Steve Stricker next to me in the final group. But Mark, you've played with him a little bit in the last few years. Harrison can still. He can flat play. Sure, he can. He he hits the ball great. I mean, it, like like a lot of us. I mean, he fought fought putting, fought fought confidence. Uh, you know, kind of took a break from the game. Yeah, was, was involved in a couple of big projects. One one Trinity Forest up there that you're yeah. familiar, beyond familiar with in Dallas. Uh, they got that thing off the, got it up and go, up and going. In fact, hosted a couple of AT and T Byron. Well, excuse me, former AT and T Byron Nelson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Golf tournaments, and he decided to go play, and good for him. Yeah, no kidding, mm-hmm. no kidding. That uh, that tournament, uh, it's brutal golf course. I mean, as you well know. Oh my gosh! Tight, pretty good rough everywhere. It's just, uh, it's a, you know, again one of the great ball striking tests, and obviously, you know, that's right up his alley. I mean, the leaderboard: Stricker, Harrison, Stewart, Saint, KJ, Choi, Ernie Els. So there, so for the most part, guys that have a lot of experience on that course, except maybe and Harrison probably. Well, Harrison, yeah. Harrison wouldn't have ever played. Did he, he win? Did he, he ever he win on the regular win. tour? He, he did. I doubt. I, I was probably already had probably already been uh, drifted over into the World Golf Championship yeah. era. So he probably you know wasn't the World Series of Golf, which as you just pointed out, it was kind of like the uh, you got to go to Hawaii if you won a tournament. Basically, you got to go to Hawaii. And usually got to go to Firestone. That was kind of your two yeah. big rewards, as well as some other exemptions. And, you know, that tournament probably, I'd have to go back and look, but it was in the 2000s. Pretty much FedEx Cup era started changing a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. And actually the World Series of Golf was a, 
one of the first avenues for the foreign players, non-U.S. born players, to kind of have an avenue in. Quite a few guys got in that World Series of Golf Championship, top, you know, finished in the top three or four, mm-hmm. and before you know it, they had almost had a card, and uh, so it's kind of interesting. But I'm pulling for Harrison. It's pretty tight. I mean, there's like. You know, you go down to top ten, you know, all of a sudden eighth place is one under, and there's mm-hmm. seven. So it's mm-hmm. probably still about a five-player five race. Yeah. And uh, if you don't pick Steve Stricker, I'm pulling, I'm pulling for Harrison, obviously. I, I won't even hide it. Uh, but you're right. Stewart, uh, Stewart's, Stewart Sink's been playing great golf. Stricker shot five under today. And he's kind of unfortunately trending in that, mm-hmm. <laughs> trending in that direction. Mm-hmm. And he is the leading money winner on that tour this year. Yeah. Okay, so he's supplanted the reign of 65-year-old or nearly 65-year-old Bernhard Langer, and Stricker's the king right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's time to jump into the deep end of the pool Bring here it. on a hot day. <laughs> Bring it. Here we uh, go. We're going to talk live golf and, oh, yeah. uh, and the hearings, the Senate hearings, which told us that there's absolutely no plan going forward uh, in this so-called merger slash partnership or did i miss did i miss part of the hearing i don't know no uh jimmy dunn who's co-representing the pga tour from a precarious board member in fact short board membership position he only went on january this year Mm. it's kind of odd interesting we have uh, a 12-year veteran in randall stevenson the former ceo of at&t step aside he was resigned from the board, mm-hmm. and we have a board member that's been on the board for, let's say, less than eight months, is actually leading. And it's so that, that dynamic is a little odd to me. Uh, yes, what came out of the deal is there's, and he emphasized this is just an agreement to make an agreement, to get to hopefully get to an agreement. They ended the lawsuits. That was a big deal. Turn the, you know, turn the faucet off from both sides, although I'm sure we were, we, meaning the PJ Tour side, was more concerned with the ongoing litigation draining the coffers dry oh, yeah. than the Saudis were. The other thing that came out a little later in the week was they, this framework agreement. The tour's been under somewhat of an investigation, anyway, from the Justice Department over antitrust. Yes. Restriction of trade. They, I guess, basically it was two days ago, less than two days ago, on the suggestion of the Justice Department, one of the key clauses in the framework agreement was this poaching clause. Mm-hmm. They removed that. So no, both parties are now, it's fair game to go after each other's players. And but, the, but, you know, but let's they, face it, that's a, one-way, that's a one-way street, right? Not necessarily. Okay, tell me how not the PGA Tour was poached from Liv. I see, you know, my crystal ball, I'm pulling my crystal ball out. I see several potential endings to this it may take it may take some time and i say take some time couple several seasons before it all shakes out i do see the not-for-profit going away Mm -hmm. i see the 501c6 being replaced by a for-profit entity Mm -hmm. and the one of the couple things one of the key things it does allow potential for players to earn some kind of equity in some kind of entity does that make sense? So mm-hmm. I could have a long-term vested interest in what the tour's doing. And, I mean, as a player, and I, I was part of the group that was trying to get the players to kind of get together going back over 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was always disturbing to me that they could spend so much of your current money on the future investments. 
And then, so it's kind of a double-edged sword. So we were played for way less money, and which is fine. I'm not, I'm never, I'm not complaining. We played for good money, but they were spending a lot of that current day money for future. And as the purses kept cr- climbing and climbing and climbing, and then they escalated in the 2000s, and you're like, wait, whoa, 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 time out. You spent money on my watch to make a bunch of, you know, opportunities for these guys that aren't even born yet. Some of them. Yeah. So that was a little odd that you didn't, be, you weren't able to share. Even in some small part, that growth. All right, we're going. So that's a long one. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to continue this. I mean, that's that's an important component. The fact that the players don't have a union. This is the fifteenth club on KLBJ. This is our British Open preview show. I'm Scotty Sayers, along with Mark Brooks and Joe Beck. Ed is in Mexico. We will be back, and we're going to continue talking live golf and also our British Open preview right after the news. This is Eric Lopez, head golf professional at Lions Golf Course. You're listening to the 15th Club with Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers. Thank you, Eric. This is the 15th Club, live from the uh, Coor Crenshaw home offices. I'm Scotty Sayers. Ed Clements is on vacation, but back next week along with Mark Brooks, who is the captain of the Hannon Cup uh, matches uh, coming up, uh, Mark, when are those? In October. In October, okay, and that is the pros against the amateurs, and board member Joe Beck is here uh, with me as well, and those matches will be highly competitive. What's the, what's the current standings now of the... It's pretty close. It may, be, uh, it may be all square, or maybe we're one down, I think, overall. We've been doing this for you know the last uh, 25 years or so, 26 years. And so uh, each time we go out there, you know, now that the pros are one down, it's a, it's a big deal to try to turn the ship and, and get it done. So we're, we're really fired up to have Mark Brooks as our captain. Yeah, and Brandel Chambly coming in for the matches. And he, yeah, he is. He's my wild card selection. <laughs> he also will be speaking, I'm sure, at the dinner and having a few choice words about uh, his opinion on live golf. And, he, he is uh, not officially a speaker, but I'm <laughs> sure there, there could a, a debate could be arranged. Be, you know, it's actually, again, it's not turning into that tough a debate. I mean, there's not yeah. very many people that are screaming you know go live go i mean you know go piff go whatever it's just you know clean up golf i think it's what people want let's get yeah. this mess cleaned up and uh get the controversy out of it. I, I, we talked about this off air it's like i i i personally believe i feel it i i i, I talk we talk about it a lot of my hardcore golf buddies you know that play golf you know five days a week four days a week as much as they can They've already turned tuned this stuff out, and they've started. I mean, they truly only focus on the majors, yeah, and the Ryder Cup. I'll throw it yeah. in. It's yeah. like that's one of the, to me. That's one of the ironies of all this stuff. The PGA Tour, I know, in the bowels of the you know headquarters in Ponte Vedra, Florida, it's been made them ill, sick to their stomach for the last forty years mm-hmm. that they do not own or have a significant piece of any of those five important golf events. And that, you know, trying to elevate the money and fight the, you know, fight a, a, a real threat off. I, I'm not going to, you know, say they're not a real threat. However, it's what it's done is it's made the four majors and the Ryder Cup even more mm-hmm. stand out mm-hmm. and stand alone 
and become really the five things. That's the only five weeks anybody's going to start caring about if they're not careful. Yeah, and that, that goes to a point we talked about earlier as well, you know, the world rankings and how do you get into those majors. And then if you're with Liv, how in the world are you ever going to qualify other than the guys that have won already, right? They're qualified, I guess. That won't change probably. Does Liv, does Piff just, you know, take their ball and leave and it's all over with? I mean, there's so much more on the line for them. All this younger generation that's coming up, anybody that spends a lot of time on their phone, which is – most everybody under 40, almost everybody anyway, but, you know, there's a huge gambling component that is set up with the live side of the world. And to have the way, you know, the way the tournaments are teed off and it's kind of a, you know, NASCAR race up and down with the teams and individuals. So I, I don't know if, if live packs it in anytime soon. No, I, mean, I, I, I think they may try to poach a couple of players and build their brand maybe give it one more go-around while all this stuff plays out. But I don't see the PGA Tour, especially with Rory as one of the spokespeople for it, he's not going to all of a sudden say, okay, give them world ranking points. Yeah. Because that gives them credibility. That gets more of them back in the majors. Uh, yeah, I mean, my counter to that is the deal goes through. They're going to get not only world ranking points on a, the live tour, whatever. Yeah. How, what, they may even if they rebrand it. They're definitely going to get world ranking points because mm -hmm. if this deal goes through, both all these entities are going to chunk their revenue streams, the bulk of the revenue streams, yeah. mm -hmm. into this new entity. Yeah. So yeah. the tour would be like, I mean, I'd cut your nose off to spite your face there. I mean, it's ridiculous. They, yeah. Of course they're going to get ranking points. In fact, in the framework agreement or one of the proposals was even figure out how to help them and facilitate retro points. Mm -hmm. yeah. So so that the guys that, you know, they, let's face it, they've only played about, I think it's, I'm going to give it a wild guess, 16, 17 tournaments in total. They yeah. played eight last year. There's 14 this year. Yeah. They're just just past midway through their deal. Right. So it's not like you're going to go back. It's not like a two, three years back. You know, it's just going to go. I'm not saying that will happen. But yeah. my point is that that's their thinking. And the tour has a vested interest in Live, actually, or some facsimile of Live, making it in succeeding, yeah. even if it's just team golf, for example. Yeah. You know, that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Why, I'm going to join with my – I'm going to partner up with somebody and hope they go bankrupt? That would be the silliest thing I've ever heard of in my life. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess the question back back to you, and we're going to talk about – we need to talk about tomorrow golf sure. and what that is. But all I say, and, and I'm one of the ones that's getting burnout, except for the majors and the Ryder Cup, mm -hmm. I say – you say when they make this deal, what deal? We don't even know what the heck the deal is or when it's going to be made or when Liv Goff, when their schedule might start to go away and stuff. Yes, Sergio, he's, our friend Sergio is going to say, hey, we're playing through 2024. That's what Dustin Johnson says. Mm -hmm. We've got our schedule set. I personally don't think they – if the deal goes through in some form, I mean – I think they've gotten getting rid of the, the the poaching rule that you know the restriction of the players being able to, at least in theory, move from one place to the other. It's like nil. Yeah. Well, it's this just, took it off. Yeah. I mean, that that was a big take off the table. I mean, everybody's kind of downplaying it, and they're like, "That's eh, no yeah. big deal." Guys weren't they weren't going to be poaching each other it's anyway a big because deal. they were partners. It is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I, let me just I'll, I'll jump to the. I keep reading, and I read it. I read a lot, guys. I try to find. I dig. I hear it repeatedly by the players, whether it's Jordan Spieth or Scotty Scheffler or Xander Shoffley or Patrick Cantley. 
the players need, you know, a better seat at the table. Dudes, wake up. You have to organize. Yeah. They're not going to give you a seat at the table until you actually force them to give you a seat at the table. So until they get together, it's it, it'll it, it'll still be a mess because you're going to have the middle pack of the pack angry at the Roy McElroy's who you feel like he's getting ridiculously wealthy on our backs. Yeah. Does that make sense? And and not bet. just beyond beating us. You yeah. know, now he's got he's got a piece of the deal. Uh, you know, because there's PIP. You just go all, through all the whole thing. I think yeah. PIP goes away. That's yeah. pretty fair. I mean, uh, yeah. that's going to. We all predicted that yeah. it's probably going to last about three years, three yeah. three seasons. This is the player impact program where players are rewarded on their social media mm-hmm. uh, impact. Uh, that's going away. Yeah. So. Well, anyway, I think I, mean, I just I, I can't ever emphasize it. If you got if the players truly want to seize the table, and you know, it's not going to happen the way it's set up right now. And yeah. interesting. I would say Randall Stevenson is probably one of the more brilliant people. Yeah, and in his party, one of his parting shots, former head of AT and T. Yes, yeah. I mean member of Augusta Nation. Speaking of about yeah. mergers and acquisitions, yeah. mm-hmm. you know he he does know know that world, and one of his parting shots was they need to take a long hard look at the current governance. Yes, of the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. I take that to be. The board, the makeup of the board, the players. You know, if you got, you know, he's kind of, he's almost wink, wink. You, if you guys want, you really want a seat at the table that's meaningful, you guys better get together. Well, it, well they say we want representation. There's, you have to. That's the only way you're going to get representation. You, 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 you hit the nail on the head. I mean, when all this started to shake out, anyway, the tour, in my opinion, responded incorrectly because they should have gathered the group they should have already been listening to phil and sergio and the whole group of guys to make some changes before all this shook out right you know what well, i'm talking I, about so i'll get now i'll counter on you yeah i don't want to i didn't necessarily if i was a tour player still and i was still a member I probably might, I might not pick Phil Mickelson to be my spokesperson. No, no, I'm just saying as everyone has their own opinions about different things that should be better on the tour, right? That's the problem. Yeah. It's and, not a collective voice, okay? Yeah, that's kind of you where I was you going. You don't always get what you want. But to to this day, and I wish someone would you know, like, email you, email the show, no major superstar in one of the other major sports in the United States has ever busted a player union. Do you not see the writers and you know? I'm not a pro union person. I'm just yeah. saying, how in the world are these individual players going to fight a big machine like the NFL or NBA? Now sure. the PGA Tour yeah. as individuals. So it's not your opinion. Your opinion matters more to you if it's a great idea that benefits the whole. That's worth talking about, yeah. not just your opinion. You well, know, all, all the best players should get all the money. Whoa, whoa, whoa time yeah. out. They do already. Yeah. Okay. They do already. Right. But but the guys uh, that were trying to voice action with the PGA Tour, which meant, hey, we know there's more money out there for us. There's more benefits. We need to change a few things up. Maybe play less events or whatever it is. You know, all that kind of stuff wasn't even listened to until until those guys stepped in, and then all of a sudden we're pulling out drawers of money. Oh look, we well, found me, millions. All right. Let me. Let me. I'll try to answer that. I'll try. They thought there was a ton of money, you know, hanging around. Nobody knew. I mean, it, they don't even deny the fact that no one's actually ever really seen the whole picture. I believe the board, give them credit, Ed Hurley, Jimmy Dunn, yeah. they saw the book, they saw the picture, and they yeah. went, Mm-mm, "Boys, this is a, we got a problem here." Yeah, yeah. and it's like serious, so yeah. we need to fix it. And I think that that and the lawsuits is what drove them 
to the table. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, here we sit. And they got to figure something out, and we hope it's palatable, that we can swallow whatever they come up with. Yeah, it, they got it, money, but they don't have Saudi money. Oh, they that, don't have well, that much. Thank you. The that, that would be the best of all yeah. worlds, that they kind of settled it and let Liv go do their thing, and we find a, a better, more reasonable source of revenue. Yeah. yeah. This that, whole that's thing, my hope. It, the whole thing stinks badly. Yeah. But, the, but through <laughs> what I see, it's the golden rule. The guy that has the gold makes the rules, and no. Saudis are on it right I now. I disagree. That's what I completely disagree. I'm not going for that because they, they don't have the right product presentation. That That is yeah. what's destroyed many, many civilizations. <laughs> I know. Okay? I know. So if I'm they go down you. that route, they're going to destroy themselves. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, it's underway. <laughs> we, we could talk and have fistfights about this. <laughs> no, but it's true. Literally, yeah. I mean, people are debating this that love golf and yeah. the talk show people are debating this all over the country. I want to talk about the British Open. So we're going to. So we're, we're going to. We've got we've got this segment, then we're going to be on the End Zone Club for two segments, and then Ed and Ben will be broadcasting from Mexico. This is the 15th Club on KLBJ. We are back after these words from our sponsors. open music here for the last segment of the 15th club i'm scotty sayers ed clements is on vacation but he and ben clements will be on the second half hour of the end zone club coming up on hour two of sports saturday the 15th club is brought to you by texas mutual insurance abc bank Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance, Salt Lake Barbecue, the Muni Conservancy, Zilker Belts, Donald Ross Sportswear, Edel Golf, and our friend and producer Matt Popham, and this is his last week with us on the 15th Club in the End Zone Club. He's going to get a Zilker Belt, and uh, Matt's production job, that's little reward for, um, well, it's a nice Great reward job. for some really good work over the last couple of years. We are going to talk British Open Bro- now. Brooks Kepka. What about Brooks Kepka? I'm, I'm taking Brooks this week. Okay. That's an early pick. <laughs> That's an early pick. Let's talk about Hoy Lake and uh, uh, it's really it's Royal Royal Liverpool. It was mm-hmm. originally called Royal Liverpool of Hoy Lake, which is a suburb of Liverpool. And uh, Mark, you've played a lot of golf overseas. Uh, on the coast of England and Merseyside and that area, there's a lot of good golf over there. And I think the royal designation for Royal Liverpool, that goes back to 1871, uh, they have to receive royal designation, and there's a lot of royal courses over there. This is apparently a good one, although they haven't had a lot of – they've had a long break between British Opens. They got out of the rota for a while – it went from 1967, Roberta DeVincenzo, to 2006 before they got another one because of the infrastructure there. And, and it's got a great history. I mean, Bobby Jones won second leg of the Grand Slam at Hoy Lake. Uh, Peter Thompson won one of his five British Opens. What do you what do you know about? The well, I, I I don't know. I know a little. I played it several times. I, di- I didn't play a British Open there. Um, it does have some really unique. Uh, old style quirky things. We'll start with interior out of bounds. You know, where a couple mm-hmm. of their little walls and things like 
or it's OB over there. And you're like, well, my ball's right there, looking. It's sitting, it's sitting perfect. And like, well, that's out of bounds. So there's some, there is some interior OB there that will come into play. I think part of what happened that that area got, let's just say, without being rude, got a little too industrial. That was that part of of, of of town, and so it wasn't as an as attractive of location to take a British Open. So they kind of liked it up the coast. Let's call it a little more of the resorty, you know, feel, you know, out in the country, mm-hmm. country feel. So I think that's one of the things that probably hurt them as well as you you mentioned the infrastructure, parking. You know, build out, build out room, and all that. So yeah. they figure out how to make space. Well, they've had some with Tiger in 2006 and Rory uh, in 2014. They've, of course, they've had a couple of really good winners there. As an architect yourself, I think you probably don't like interior out of bounds as a rule. But you, I would say you hate it. You hate yeah. it, yeah. But you have to, I guess, probably on some of those courses over in Scotland and England that that distance has become a factor you'd have people cutting all over the place you know cutting across fairways and doing and, all kinds of right and, and not, they don't use it as i would say in some of these cases it's where it was traditionally out of bounds if you were over that wall because that wall was part of you know and that the case here a racetrack yeah you know horse races track so you know you didn't go over there it was like deemed dangerous and that wasn't their pro you know kind of their their turf and so tradition has held some of the out-of-bounds, you know, in play. And, for example, they don't take drops, you know, that you don't get free relief from a lot of, let's call it man-made obstacles on Lynx golf courses like you do a lot in the States and other yeah. parts of the world. You know, if you're on the st- wooden step, st- stairs, and uh, a lot of times you'll play it off the stairs or, or bulkhead, you yeah. know, things like that. We, they don't relieve them from that. But, I mean, it's – the. It's not unlike a lot of the Lynx golf courses that you'll play. You know, they're all fantastic. I love it. I mean, it's my favorite golf to play, period. The bunkers are a big deal. You know, you, mm-hmm. the wind, the element, the wind element is a big factor. Mm-hmm. You play the ball definitely, if it's in decent shape, you know, as far as being dry enough, you play the ball on the ground a lot more. The ground game matters. The balls run a long way. So you have to know not only where your ball lands, but have some, you know, guess of, you know, how far it's going to go to stay out of these bunkers because they're typically the fairway bunkers over there, as you well know, are basically a one-shot penalty. I mean, yeah. sometimes you can advance it maybe 40 yards, mm-hmm. but they're, they're penalty, they're, they're, they're penal and intended to be so and to, to be penal. So the bunkers are the deal. I will give you the Tiger stat, which you may not get to. I'll just jump to it. He hit one driver mm-hmm. in, uh, when he won his British yeah. Open there or his Open Championship, one driver for the week. And I believe, I didn't go double-check it, but I believe the source, that driver actually ended up in a bunker. Wow. And he did. So he hit two irons, three irons, four irons. He hit all all kinds of stuff, left himself longer shots into the greens. Because you can recover, as you know, sometimes, both of you know, you can recover sometimes reasonably well out of the, the pot bunkers around the greens. Yeah. The fairway bunkers are where it's, <laughs> it's death. You yeah. know, you're going sideways or backwards sometimes. Yeah, it was dry in 2006. It's yeah. been wetter this year. So, uh, you know. Guys hit it th- longer now, though. <laughs> yeah, they're going to. I mean, Rory is liable to just forget the bunkers. I mean. Ew, they've, a, they've placed some new ones out uh-huh. there. You know what I'm and if we have a little wind, it'll change dramatically. But, uh so my pick might not walk no, your victory. You're, did you pick Roy? I'm just picking him right now. I'm going to tell that's, you. Okay, right. I want. Every, we're going to go around the table. Well, that's two out there picks, Roy and Brooks Kepka. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're going to each pick 
anybody you want, and then you've got to pick a guy that's at least an 18-to-1 favorite, somewhat of a long shot. So um, I'm picking Rory and my somewhat of a long shot, although I think his odds are too long, Cam Smith. Mm. Mm, good pick. Good pick. Yeah. He's been playing playing solid, too. I, I, I'm sticking with my – I think the Englishman gets it done in England for a change. Tommy? Yes, sir. Mm. All right. Good he's, pick. he's in form. Yeah. You know, I picked him about, about six, eight weeks ago. I started watching him, watching his scores, watching his trending. He had a shot at our, our U.S. Open. He uh, he's play he's trended well. He almost won. He lost a, a playoff in another event uh, over here in a tour event. Sorry, apologies for not bringing that one up, but Wells Fargo maybe or what was it? I can't remember. What yeah, it was, it was it something was, you right know, before the Open. Yeah, the was, U.S. Open. See, that's the problem. I play the tour. I mean, I should know, and and because we've been so distracted with all this other stuff, you yeah. know, yeah, who who did what? I mean, it gets lost in the, you know, the TMZ, you know. Story of the day. Okay. But anyway, Tommy Fleet was my – that would be my long shot. Okay. Scotty Scheffler. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good pick. <clears throat> Man, those are awesome. Good picks. Uh, yeah, Scheffler is perfect for what you're talking about, the ground game and really being creative, and, and I think it fits his uh, fits him perfectly. I'm going to take uh, You've Terrell taken- Hatton. Terrell oh, Hatton, oh. long shot. Oh, to yeah. go with Brooks Kepka. Okay, yeah. we're going to continue this. Uh, this is the end of Hour 1, the 15th Club, and we're going to go to the End Zone Club and continue talking. I'm Scotty Sayers, Ed's on vacation. Mark Brooks and Joe Beckel join me after the news. <laughs> 